and welcome back to Passport Phone Wallet, the travel podcast that uh, is now going for three episodes um, because people seem to enjoy the first two. Uh, I am, of course, your wonderful, charismatic, uh, I could think of several other words, but I'm Al, and I'm joined today by AJ, who I will not say anything nasty about. <laughs> Have you got no words to, to describe me? Uh, that are safe for the show. Oh, the no, absolutely not. Okay. No, no. Well, can you believe that this episode is coming out on Christmas Eve? I know. And this is going to be our Christmas special. Yep. And it is a tale of two cities, I believe. Is it? Well, that's what you told me to say. So <laughs> I, I assume that's what it is. <laughs> Well, it's nice to see that you've learned from last episode, Al, where you're actually prepared this time. I know. I have notes. I have things to refer to. I have actually Googled things, I'll have you know. <laughs> so we're in a much better position than we were in episode two. So, AJ, do you want to explain what uh, the Tale of Two Cities is? Okay. So what we're going to do this episode for the Christmas special is something a little bit different. So Al and I have both picked um, cities that we both love and have been to more than once, shall we say. <laughs> and we are going to assess a couple of different things about each city um, and basically battle it off to find out which one is better. So Al, tell me what city you have picked and why. I have picked Edinburgh. And okay. The reasons for that is I have lived in the city, uh, so I do know it very, very well, and I absolutely love the city. It's one of my favourite cities in the world. Cool. And what have you picked? I have picked Dublin. Mm. And I absolutely love Dublin. It's not my most favorite city, um, but it is a very close second. And the reason why I've picked that over my favorite city is um, Dublin has a lot of personal connection to me. So when in a former life, um, when I was a university student, I actually studied Irish politics. So everything about that city was just absolute feast for me on, on all, all <laughs> sorts of levels from the food the culture the history it just ticked absolutely every box and also it's a lot closer than my actual favorite city but what is your actual favorite city we, we might as well reveal that <laughs> <laughs> well my, my favorite city um is vienna okay um and when we will eventually get to a vienna episode um there will be a lot of uh, a lot of good chat as to as to why uh, Vienna is one of well is my most favorite city, and we may or may not be having a special guest. So if that potential special guest is listening, you are getting called up for the Vienna episode. <laughs> Subtle. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now that we have explained our case, are you ready to have a little break? just so we can get the listeners ready because I think this is going to be a fight to the death because if you've picked Edinburgh and I've picked Dublin, we know these cities really well. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I I was anticipating you. I actually thought it was going to be Vienna, but the fact that it's Dublin and they're going to be ooh, really sim similar sort of cities. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think this is going to be a tough one. And, and I think as well, if I did Edinburgh versus Vienna, I think I would just shut you down. Like Vienna would just win on everything. <laughs> I, I don't know about that. All right, let's let, okay, let's take the break. And what we'll do is we'll come back in a couple of minutes and we will present our cases to our lovely audience and to ourselves and we'll see who wins. Okie dokie, bring it on. Hello everyone and welcome back. Are you ready, Al, for the bustle? Have you uh, prepared? I look, I was born ready and yes. <laughs> 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 okay, so just to inform the listeners, uh, we have nine categories. Ooh. I wanted to go for 10, I will be honest, because that is a nice round number. However, that meant there would have been a tie. Uh... Uh, I don't know how bad this battle is going to be, and I didn't know if it was going to be a bit of a bloodbath. <laughs> so I was like, if we keep it at an odd number, at least we will have a resolute answer. Okay. No, that's fair enough. Not a problem. All right. Are you ready? I am ready. Are you sure? <laughs> I, I, I'm going to crush you, but I'm going to do it in a nice way. Okay. Right. Right. So first the category. First, ca first category is access to the city. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. So as you very much know, and I know, Edinburgh has amazing connections from both two of their main or three of their main train stations in Haymarket, um, uh, Waverley Station and Edinburgh Gateway, uh, mm. where, you, where you can basically get from any, pretty much to any part of the country, um, which is absolutely amazing. Um, the other thing, too, is it's airport links, which have a tram that can take you directly from the airport to the city centre itself, where you can get off at multiple stops um, anywhere along Princess Street all the way through to St. George's Square, uh, the new shopping centre that's just come up. If failing that, say the tram is, is down, you also have a bus link that can take you to basically anywhere in the city where you can get off at the Guile Shopping Centre, you can get off at Fort Kinnaird. Uh, you again can stop in the middle of Princess Street, um, and again it just gives you that that full range. It's not expensive. The trams are a little bit more than the bus. However, the bus is shorter than the tram. But overall, I would say uh, Edinburgh is probably one of the most accessible cities I have ever been to. <sighs> Your move. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, how am I going to top that? Because Dublin, obviously, you can get into Dublin through a variety of different ways, obviously, like train um, and that sort of stuff. For the airport, the airport bus is, I think, quite expensive. It's one of the more expensive buses. Um, I think it's about €9 Euro, um, one way. Um, also, as well, um, the last time we went to Dublin... Do you remember we got um oh free now the free now taxi? Oh yeah, I remember that, yeah. And we were out on the concourse and it took ages 
Mm. It took absolute ages. And where they had the taxis, it was really, I'm really not doing Dublin great on this one, but <laughs> it, was, it was just absolute chaos where they parked. Yeah. And I know in Edinburgh, it's so uniformed and they've got the system. Yep. Like I, I cannot, yeah, I, I access to the city center, I have to say, I, yeah, I can't argue that one. Edinburgh is just so, it's it's affordable for what you get. You've got all these, and it's regular as well. Yeah, and uh, where the um the buses as well because the buses are twenty four hour. Um, taxi to the airport. What from the city centre you'd be looking at? Oh, I don't know. Probably about twenty quid, I'd say. To be honest, I think that was how much we were for Dublin. I think we were about twenty euro. Well, they tend to charge more. The, the, the only thing I would say that is a bit of a negative is the taxis itself because they are black cabs, most of them, Yeah. Um, and there's no Uber. Uh, so for anyone who listens internationally, there is nothing, no Uber whatsoever in Edinburgh at all. At this point, anyway. At, at this point. Well, as far as we're aware, at, at this point of recording, if, if they now have it and we have been told otherwise, I do apologize profusely. But when uh, I was there, I wasn't aware that Uber was around so that's probably the only downside but when you've got the difference of all these other modes of transport that can get you anywhere in the city and the airport itself i just think edinburgh just wins hands down i i have to agree okay yes edinburgh well done okay number two um because obviously we didn't know what cities we were going to be presenting Mm. because we'd be quite like squirrely away trying to you know, be like, ooh, um, with our research. So number two, I've got weather. Oh, God. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, oh, geez. Do you want me to go first on weather or do you want to take this one? I, I'm I'm going to quote Monty Python in the Holy Grail here and just say, call it a draw. <laughs> you, you know what? I'm, I'm going to take climate, because, The climate yeah. is very similar. Um yeah it's 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 too too similar they're too too close we we seriously thought we were doing different cities didn't we we <laughs> yeah. really did what is the point of debating <laughs> the weather in in the united kingdom versus dublin it's the same <laughs> right call it a draw yeah call it a draw right call it a draw okay number three what is your category right this one might have a little bit more weight to it um i've gone with people Okay. As in the the people that live in Edinburgh, not just people in general. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Let shall I take a stab at this one? Yes, because you didn't really get to do anything on weather. So yeah, <laughs> by all means. I didn't get to do anything on access to the city as well. <laughs> oh dear. Uh people, um everyone is super duper friendly. Um I have been very fortunate to when we've we've been to Dublin, the experience with the people has always been really great. Um, really patient, especially when like some of the museums um, we go to, as I said before, um, I have a great passion for um, Irish history and politics. So I'm in like tours and things like that. I would be the really annoying person that would ask the questions. <laughs> 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 I like half my head up going, excuse me. Um, and they were always so so nice and gracious and um, the one person I remember um, her name was Margaret 
at um, Kilmainham Jail. And I was asking her oh, questions at the end yeah. of the tour. And then she pretty much just like gave me a private walk around at the museum. And the two of us were walking around and she was telling me all these different stories about all the um all the letters and things like that that were in the museum that weren't on the the plaques. <laughs> well, that's right. I remember that. There was that. And then also my other case for people was when we went the last time, we went for a special occasion. And when we booked this really nice restaurant, we booked the Ivy um, for a bit of a treat. And, you know, remember we got like Prosecco and all that stuff. And I'd said um, it was a special occasion and they made like a really big fuss and they're like, give us a really nice table. And they were super attentive, like that little bit extra. And then we got the um, perfect rolls with the candles. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, that was good. That I, I, I have to... Oh. So that is my case for Dublin for the people that I have experienced in that city. Okay. I've gone a slightly different route here because <laughs> I am not going to offend any Scottish people here, but I do need to careful. make it, I need to I need to be very careful in what I also say because I careful. Live, yeah, I, I live here. So, it, well, I live in Scotland. So it's, it, it, you know, you don't want to be going and biting the hand that feeds you. Let's put it that way. <laughs> now, there are two types of people in Edinburgh. There are the, there are the people that, that live there and, and absolutely love the place. And there's, then there's 75,000 tourists. Uh, I am cr I am cringing. Uh, can I can I guess this one? Because this was something I was thinking about in the Dublin uh, side of it that yep. I didn't experience. Are you talking about the people who come and tell you that their ancestors are Scottish, so they're part Scottish? Yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It. Yeah. There's those people, <laughs> and then there's the locals. like fifth. Yeah, the fifth generation clan McDougals. Yeah, but they've never yeah. been to Scotland before and they're going off the history that their parents have told them and it could be wildly inaccurate, but they're they're from Scotch land. Um, <laughs> there's those ones and then there's the locals. If yeah. you can speak to anyone from Edinburgh and, and become friendly with anyone who actually is from Edinburgh, lives in Edinburgh and can, can talk to you about Edinburgh and its history, they are lovely. Uh, mm. the, the, the actual, you know, uh, people that live there are, are just phenomenal people. I've never laughed so hard as I have with people from, from Edinburgh, you know, cause mm. I used to work there and things like that. Um, I always find that the people that work in, you know, like Edinburgh castle and things like that, they're always very pleasant, um, very happy, very outgoing, but the, the poor things have to deal with so many tourists, you know, again, the, there's there's the fringe as well so you've got to remember yeah that, uh, the unfortunate thing is with with people from edinburgh is that they have to put they they get their city to themselves for about two weeks which is basically about just after new year's no one's coming mm. no one's coming to edinburgh so for two weeks they get that city all to themselves and i tell you what have, having experienced it it is the most lovely city ever for those two weeks it's amazing <laughs> and and yeah, you, you just, you will have a ball, but try your best to speak to a local. Do not listen to the actual tourist people that say they're from Edinburgh. I have to say we, we were very lucky. Um, and obviously this is a big case, but Dublin's going to win this category. But I remember <laughs> just um, 
in the pandemic, um, at this point in Scotland, all the bars were shut and it was the weekend before the pubs were starting to open again. And we drove down to Edinburgh. Do you remember this? And yeah. it was during cherry, cherry blossom season. And obviously during April, it's normally quite busy. You know, people are starting to come for tourism. The students are out and things like that. There wasn't any of that. There was dog walkers along Princess Street, which you would seldom see unless it was seven in the morning on a Sunday. Um, there was people running. It was It was so peaceful and so quiet. And it was so so beautiful um but yeah i i have to say i think dublin's won this one for the people mm, yes because i have a bit of, of a biased view on on edinburgh because i used to live there and work there and i've obviously got friends who are from there so my experience with edinburgh probably is a little bit a little bit skewed but i i would agree with you though that from a stranger's point of view, Dublin is probably a bit more friendly from that point of view of they pretty much, you know, they, they'd take you back to their house if they could, you know, oh, come, come have a hot meal. You know, it's, <laughs> it's that sort of attitude you get. From they're Irish an people. old friend. They're, they're an old friend that you haven't seen in ages. And obviously I, I, I know it's a little bit uh, of a way away out from Dublin, but you do very much think that there are Dubliners who have kissed the Blarney Stone. <laughs> do you know about the Blarney Stone? Well, I do, but why don't you tell the audience what it is? <laughs> um, it's a very, personally, I believe it's a very overrated tourist thing in Ireland. Uh, you basically hang over a rail and kiss this stone, this Blarney Stone. Um, is, <clears throat> um, I can't remember where exactly it is, but if you kiss this stone, you are meant to be gifted with the gift of the gab. Um, so yes, it's a, it's a very, it's a very cute traditional thing. Um, but yes, highly overrated. And I, I do feel that that energy within Dublin though, that the gift of the gap is there. Maybe there's a hidden Blarney stone in Dublin that I've not uncovered yet. Yeah, it's probably in the hive, you know, <laughs> the, hive, the hives in Edinburgh. I know that's what I'm saying. Edinburgh, Edinburgh has that too. It's called the hive. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> okay, number four. Um, we're gonna go very similar here. Food. Oh. I will let you take this. Edinburgh food and drink. Well, are we are we talking about taste here or affordability? What 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 is sort of the what do you mean by food? Uh, we could do affordability. We could do um, like local stuff. I'm not talking about, you know, variety of food, if you will. Like, is there an Indian? Is there a Chinese? Is there a Mexican? I'm talking about local traditional food. Um, is it good? Does it taste nice? Is it okay. affordable? What's the local beverage? Is it nice? Is it affordable? Well, the, lo the, the local beverage is uh, tenants. So... Yes, that's very affordable, but it tastes like absolute crap. Can you um, explain to our fellow listeners who may be not from the UK what tenants is? Oh, tenants is beer. Um, if you well, and I use the word beer very loosely. Um, it's yeah, it's horrible. Um, so definitely, the drink side of things not great. However, Edinburgh does have uh, the Johnny Walker experience. 
um, and whiskies and things like that. Highly gin! recommend. Gin. Yeah, and gin. I don't really dr- drink gin. I'm going to talk about my stuff. You, okay. you be quiet. <laughs> now, now, yeah. So, so whiskey, yes. Tenants, no. Um, Food-wise, local food. I mean, I think everybody gets terrified of haggis in general mm. when they come to the UK and Scotland. They they go, oh my god, you you eat haggis. Haggis is more of like a garnish with a meal. So you generally get it with like a chicken dish or something like that. And it's it's sort of on the side and you mix it in. It's actually really nice. Um, I would. You can I, have it like that. You can have the proper hags, haggis, neeps and tatties, though. Is the main you, event. You can if you want to, but it's not like you you kind of forced to, or that it's it's something that's disgusting. It's it's actually really nice to eat. Um, mm. I would recommend it with with a chicken dish or something like that and gravy. It's it's beautiful that way. But I mean, what, what else is is Edinburgh probably known for? Deep frying a lot of stuff as well. But that's. <laughs> That's a lot of Scotland in general, where you can just mm. go into a local chippy and just go, here, here's my pizza slice. Can you please deep fry this for me? Or here's a Mars bar. Can you deep fry this for me? I, I wouldn't say food is – food in general, they have a lot of amazing restaurants in Edinburgh, um, and they vary in price and quality. But I wouldn't say there's a, a real sort of place where you can get local food. Yeah, that I'd highly recommend. I'd say that, that there's I could give you a list as as long as my arm of restaurants that are amazing in Edinburgh and and the food that you can get in Edinburgh is all oh, top notch, including Michelin star restaurants. But there's nothing that jumps out. I would say that, uh, that gives you that quality uh, local feel. Let me put it that way. Mm. I would say with um, Dublin and the food that I've had in Dublin. Um, it's very comfort foody. Um, so kind of, kind of similar to that Scottish thing where you feel like you're having a big hug around your stomach when you eat the food. Mm. Um, Irish stew is just out of this world. It is just so oh, comforting and the meat's so tender. And that's that's one of my favorites. And also as well, Irish soda bread there is nothing better than having soup with Irish soda bread. Like we, we we're fortunate to get Irish soda bread in, in our local farm shop and it is just divine. Mm. Um, and also as well, Dublin's the home of Guinness, the Guinness storehouse. Um, yeah. And we've also got Jameson as well. Um, so the Jameson whiskey distillery. Um, so, there's those two really big um, places in in Dublin. Um, and also as well, big shout out to um, one of my favorite donut places. I do have a good donut place in Glasgow, Tantrum Donuts. Everyone who knows that's been there, it is great. But the rolling donut in Dublin is great. And it's always so good that on the last day, I will always buy a donut to put in my bag to bring home. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but because you can get you could get a donut and a coffee for five euro which is actually not too badly priced especially for what you get because they're like really really bougie donuts yeah um so that's oh i don't know i think dublin's food's better but i'm if we're going strictly on the local food and local delicacies and taste yes 
if if this was just Dublin restaurants versus Edinburgh restaurants, I would say Edinburgh. But if we're, yeah. if, we're if we're going for the sort of local vibe, you don't really you you could find it in Edinburgh, but it's not obvious. There's just a lot of international food, um, which, as I mentioned, is out of this world. Again, not knocking any of these restaurants for not really promoting the the local food, but yeah, I'd have to say Dublin's going to win that. I do have to say for Edinburgh though. Um, one of the biggest names in the Edinburgh food scene is Tom Kitchen. And the thing is with with um, Tom Kitchen's restaurant, his main one, is it's out of the city centre. So if you're wanting to go there, it's a bit of a hike because it's in Leith. Mm. So you, you have to get a taxi and you're probably going to be, oh, what, a tenner? Yeah, a tenner easy. on a taxi or you're going to have to be about a 20-minute bus. Uh, yeah. from the city centre so it is very much an event thing but in Dublin if you're wanting to go to a nice restaurant you're probably within a five ten minute walk max again this is for local food we're not that's what you're sort of saying here yeah yeah yeah, yeah. okay Dublin wins oh, I was I was on a roll Ooh. there oh. okay so what's the next one right I'm gonna go with, this is a risk this is a calculated risk here. I'm going to okay. go with museums. Oof. Okay. Because I think I can get you. I'm pretty sure I can get you on this one. Are you sure? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to look, lock it, lock it in. I'm going to, I'm going to go for it. All right. So, right. So you have a number of, um, museums in, in, in Edinburgh that you can go to and a majority of them are free. There are obviously some you do need to pay for and things like that, but you can, you, you could start off and you could almost do an entire day of free museums. Now, a couple mm -hmm. of the ones that really sort of stand out are the writer's museum, which as I mentioned is free and it has Robert Burns, who um, of course is a famous uh, Scottish author. Uh, it has his exact desk uh, that he wrote several of, uh, uh, of, of his literature with. You've got the National Museum, of course, uh, which is free to enter. It does have some exhibitions that you do have to pay for occasionally, but it's it's like any museum. If you want to do that, you can. If you don't, there's a giant building for you to explore, which I thought was, considering you don't have to pay for it, I think it's absolutely fantastic. You've got the Museum of Edinburgh, where you can learn all about Edinburgh's past, um, and obviously the the changes to the city and and what they've done over over time. You've got the People's Story Museum, which again is all about the the people of Edinburgh. Um, so you can mm. learn more about the past of of um, you know how how it's evolved living in Edinburgh and things like that. Um, and you've of course got the you know the big one, Edinburgh Castle. Um, it's sixteen pounds to enter, but it also has a. That's almost a day in itself as well, because you've mm. got several parts of that that you can go to, um, and you've got the. I think there's the there's the war museum in there as well, isn't there? Um, that. Yeah, there's a few, and there's the military one, and I do have to say the one thing about Edinburgh. And the last time I was there, I forgot about it mm -hmm. until um, the individual I was with wasn't from Edinburgh, and they. Um, where uh got a bit of a fright shall we say is the one o'clock gun and going yeah. up to the castle and seeing the one o'clock gun is 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 really good and it's such a 
bizarre thing <laughs> that yeah. they do in Edinburgh is they where they fire a cannon, uh, obviously blanks, um, out from the castle to let everyone know it's one o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, so, so, and all of this, everything I've just mentioned there is all within a short sort of walking distance. There's nothing mm. there that's pretty much everything's off the Royal Mile. So if you started off at the castle and wanted to do two or three of these museums, they're all on the Royal Mile or just off the Royal mm. Mile. So the accessibility factor for that as well, and the fact that it's, it's you know, you're learning about all this history, I think it does top it. Um, and, of course, the, the you know, well, I'm not, I'm not going to mention uh, any, any other museum so far, but I, I just think it would... As a person who's not from Scotland and not from the UK, I found my first time going to Edinburgh Castle really magical. I think it's just it's it, it, it you see it from Princess Street and you're like, wow, that looks absolutely incredible. You know, you, you're you're overlooking a castle, and I've got to say that the experience of going there it lives up to the hype. It really does, and it is on top of a uh, extinct volcano. I did not know that. Did you know it? No, no, it is. It is on top of um, an extinct volcano. Um, Always have to top me, don't you? Just have to, <laughs> you just have to get that little bit in, don't you? Always, <laughs> always. <sighs> you see, what's really tough is if I could pick like my most favorite attraction out of every place we've been to, Edinburgh Castle would be up there. For I, I could happily go again and again and again and learn something new or be happy to hear about something for the 20th time again. However, <laughs> for the case of Dublin, um, Dublin has some super cool stuff. Um, so one of the museums I mentioned before is Kilmainham, Kilmainham Jail, um, and you get to do a tour. And it um, is very interesting, uh, very good um, overview of what happened during the Easter Rising and the journey that, that Ireland went to um, for independence against um, Great Britain. Um, and there's some really cool, interesting things that obviously I geeked out over because you get to see the prison cell of Eamon de Valera, who eventually became Ireland's first Taoiseach or president um, and wrote what we now see is the Irish constitution. Um, so things like that were really super cool for, for me. And then also you've got um, a lot of, um, lots of books, <laughs> shall we say? So we've got the Chester Beatty Library, which I could probably spend weeks in um, going through and they have all these beautiful old books. And when I went there, um, they had a, I think it is part of their permanent collection, um, 14th century Qurans that were hand, hand painted and beautifully illustrated. And you can really get to enjoy those. And that was, that was really lovely to see. And obviously, if we're going to talk about books in, in Dublin, you, you have to see the Book of Kells. Um, one thing I didn't realize when I went to see the Book of Kells is there was actually two books. So okay. the first one that you go into, so obviously you have to book in advance for the Book of Kells and 
it's not the cheapest to go. Um, I think it was about 18 euros each um, to go, um, where the likes of Kilmainham was, well, when I went, it was free because they did um, some initiatives during the pandemic to get people to to go to museums and sites. So we got to see it for free, luckily, but I think it's normally about eight euro for an adult. Okay. Um, and to be honest, I would pay triple that for Kilmainham just because I think it's just a fabulous tour. Um, but anyway, back back to the Book of Kells. So you go in at the beginning and it kind of sets the scene about the the monks and it's in the 1800s AD and it's one of the oldest books in the world and, you know, all the stories. And they take you around and obviously you're not allowed to photograph it. Um, and then it's in this dimly lit room and you get to see two pages of the book. And I think from what I've heard before with other people that have been to Dublin is they know they're going to see a book, but they're really disappointed that they only get to see two pages. And I'm kind <laughs> of like, yeah. and I'm like, the book was written in 800s AD. You're not going to be able to thumb through it. It's yeah, in a pe- glass cabinet. But people so, think they can though. You, you, know, <laughs> you know what people are like. You've met I know, people, right? I know. But the the best bit for me of the book of Kells is so once you go around that first book, you're like, oh, okay, I think that's it. That's a lot of money to spend in a dark room. But then when you go in, you go into the library, the long library, and that is, funnily enough, again, second to Vienna, one of the most beautiful libraries that I've ever been in, that long wooden library. And if you go all the way to the back... They have the second book. They have the second book and they have um, an original copy of the Irish Constitution. um, And they have, I think it was a 12th century Celtic harp as well, which is the um, harp that is um, the inspiration for the logo for Guinness. Oh, okay. And a lot of the things, yeah, the Celtic harp, um, the inspiration and everything is is from this this harp that's in, in the library. Um, so, and that was, uh, a little secret that, yeah, this second book's at the back and where it is, it's not in the main, um, thoroughfare. So people normally just walk about half of the library, go down into the gift shop and then leave. But if you, if you take the time to go all the way around, you, yeah, you get to find this second book. Um, so I, I, I don't know if it was great value for money. Because as I said with Edinburgh Castle, I would go again and again and again. Yeah. I wouldn't go to the Book of Kells again, but I'm really glad I went. Yeah, I sort of see what you mean. But look, I'm 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 very conscious that we have been banging on for the better part of uh, like. Is this going to be an hour? <laughs> this is going to be an hour special, isn't it, for uh, Christmas? I think it's going to be somewhere close to that. So, right. <laughs> have you got anything else, or is, or is that closing arguments on? My museums? closing arguments is. Dublin museums are great. There's a great variety. I haven't even covered half the museums. You've got the Epic Museum, the Irish Immigration Museum, which is a really, really good museum. And it explains about Irish people and why they've emigrated, particularly to the likes of America and Australia and the stories and challenges of within Ireland. They do not sugarcoat any of the stuff um, with regards to gay rights, women's rights, the relationship with the Catholic Church, etc. Um 
also as well, I love it's interactive with the passport stamps and you go around each of the rooms and get a passport stamp and it's a wee souvenir for you when you leave. It is great. Um, oh my goodness. There are loads of great museums in Dublin and I've just only focused on two. So mm -hmm. if you can see my passion for these two, you clearly know there's other great ones. So that's my final pitch. <laughs> <laughs> my can God. I please just get this one just for my passion and love for Dublin museums? <laughs> Whether or not anyone else thinks they're great is irrelevant. I think they're great. <laughs> Right. Look, I'm going to give this one to you because you've... You you've... want me to shut up? <laughs> yeah, pretty much at this point. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we are currently sitting on Dublin 4, Edinburgh 2. Um, let's take a little break and then we will go to the final three um, and battle it out there for probably another three hours. <laughs> <laughs> We'll, we'll be back very, very soon. Okay. And welcome back to The Lord of the Rings, a graphic retelling by Alan and AJ. Now, of course, you're back with passport, phone, and wallet. Um, <laughs> but although the last segment did feel a little bit like The Lord of the Rings um, because we just kept going and going and going so i promise you if you're still with us we we will try our best to keep this one as quick and concise as we can um so aj your turn all right okay um so hopefully i will still continue to be passionate about dublin but maybe just not to that level um <laughs> i went super saiyan in passion on that on those last segments so the yep. next segment we've got is cost of living so al you've lived in edinburgh uh -huh. what do you think about just general cost of living and cost to go visit edinburgh from obviously we've talked about transport foods you know getting from a to b museums what what do you think about the overall cost um in edinburgh well I, I I would say it's it's very it's it's reasonably affordable because a lot of the stuff you can do in Edinburgh, especially the city centre, you can walk. You don't need to like, for instance, once you get into Waverley Station, you're on Princess Street, so you can go do mm. Princess Street. You can go do George Street. You are right next to St Andrews Square, uh, the new shopping centre. You are probably a ten minute walk to the Royal Mile, which also yep. includes all the museums I mentioned before and the castle. You've got Hollywood, Hollywood Palace down the bottom of the mile as well, and uh, the Scottish Parliament. So, I would you, you could you could pretty much do everything walking. So, from that perspective, it's fantastic. Food and everything like that. I mean, it's affordable. It's 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 on the pricier side, but I would expect that from a capital city. Um, it's not as cheap as as you know, say your your, your local you know, in, in a small town in Scotland and things like that. However, it is still affordable, especially when you mm -hmm. compare it to places like Manchester, Liverpool and London that yeah. are extortionate. Um, so I would, I would say it's, it, it, it's certainly not cheap, cheap, but if you, you're a little bit savvy, you can certainly find places to eat, places to drink, um, things to do that are very, very affordable. And it, it, you don't have to break the bank um mm. to, to go to edinburgh uh, i think with with dublin um 
it, it it is affordable to a point however you know as you said with like any sort of major city i would kind of liken dublin to london prices mm. um so obviously as i said before they're very into their guinness and they're very into their jameson which means that if you order one of those two brands in any half decently rated bar you are probably going to pay a premium for it um so that's where nights out in particular in edinburgh can get uh, in Ed- in dublin sorry is can get very very expensive from other people that i know that have been to dublin for weekends um nine times out of ten they normally say that they come back broke because they've they've spent too much money and i think when dublin you know that maneuverability where you can duck around the corner and pay half the price isn't always there um within walkable distance and i do think there is that in edinburgh um yes some of the museums same in dublin are free um however i think edinburgh for overall cost of living and i know obviously with with rent in edinburgh um and rents in dublin and things like that they have increasingly gone up quite dramatically over the years Mm. and people are starting to get priced out of the cities um and obviously with the current cost of living crisis i could only imagine how expensive dublin would be now um so i'm gonna say edinburgh i think what do you think i'm gonna say edinburgh um having been to both cities i it's almost a slam dunk really for Mm. for edinburgh because you can, if you don't want to go to say the grass market or anything like that, or the Royal Mile, and you just, you know, Scottish bar and have a and have a beer or have a whiskey, you can find that in Edinburgh anywhere else, um, mm. and you can still have a great night out and not have to, you know, sell a kidney at the, <laughs> you know, at the, at the end of the night and things like that. So. I, I would agree. I would say Edinburgh. Um, uh, yeah, I, I don't think it's even a question. Okie dokie. Edinburgh Twins. Next category, please. Right. This is going to either make or break me, I think, um, because I'm behind. What What are the scores on the doors at the moment? So the scores on the doors are Edinburgh 3, Dublin 4. And we have two categories left. Okay. All right. Oh, I wish I didn't pick this one now. Um, nightlife. Ooh. Ooh. I'm going to let you go first because I think I, I, I don't know. It depends on what you say will depend on how I respond and whether or not I can still win this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so if I say Dublin normally one of the top three answers that people will say to me in response to that is Temple Bar. Yep. And Temple Bar is an absolutely colourful, thriving, it's it's just an absolute, beautifully incredible place, um, district in in the city centre of Dublin. You've got live music you've you know the drinks are flowing the irish hospitality's there um obviously very very touristy um it can be a double-edged sword 
in in my opinion um i prefer a little bit more out of the way a little bit quieter um so i preferred going to some of the bars that were in the different districts um just a little bit further out um so the district that i really liked um forgive me was um just at the back of the jameson distillery in bow street Mm-hmm. And they had a lovely collection of lovely bars and they had a great restaurant um, called My Meat Wagon. And that area around there um, at the back of Bow Street um, has a lot more quieter, a lot more local scene. Um, but t- Temple Bar, if, if you're going to Dublin, you have to go to Temple Bar and have a pint of Guinness. It's one of those cliche things you must do. Is that is that your argument? That is my argument. That's I've your talked argument. about the I've talked about the Jameson Distillery and the Guinness Storehouse, but they're a bit more like museums and you know things to do. So like day drinking, <laughs> we'll just say it like that. It's <clears> nice day drinking. Um, so when it comes to like a proper night out and getting dressed up and having nice dinner, and we've talked about food before and things like that, I would say Temple Bars the the only big thing. Uh, with regards to nightlife in Dublin, from my experience, anyway. Okay, I see your Temple Bar, the one area of Dublin where basically every single tourist goes, and uh, and you know you've got trying to get into a pub in in that Temple sort of lane area is ridiculous. Yeah, um, and trying to go to Temple Bar itself and get served is absolutely ridiculous yeah (laughs) now in edinburgh you also have a few bars that are like that in the grass market however if you want a much more quieter experience or actually no i will say uh as well the the royal mile if you want to go to a bar on the royal mile yes it will be packed exactly like that however the royal mile is not known really for its bars it's known as the royal mile it's got a few museums gin tours and of course the castle you can, apart from obviously the grass market, which in my opinion is overpriced, um, you've also got Rose Street, which is just off Prince's Street. <laughs> uh, again, the main drag. <laughs> you've got George Street, which has some absolutely cracking bars, and yeah. just and off, and off basically every single street off that. So sort of leading back down to towards um, where all the students are and things like that. Um, in in sort of the university area, you've got all these little bars just off the main drag, probably all within about a 10-minute walk and things like that. Um, All are reasonably priced. In particular, I'd recommend Rose Street. Uh, There's a string of bars along there that are really Mm. affordable. Um, If you don't like one, there's one next door. If one's packed, you can go to the one next door and generally – Apart from sort of fringe time, you can normally get in, you can normally get a, a drink, you can normally get a seat, um, and you've got something for everybody. Um, again, I've mentioned the grass market being a bit overpriced. However, it is a better atmosphere, a lot of unique sort of bars there, um, quirky sort of area. Um, mm. from, if, my, if my memory serves me, it does have an Australian bar. Um, I, have, <laughs> I have been in there. I don't remember a lot of it, but I was there. <laughs> And I, I would say, I know I know Temple Bar gets its reputation as this amazing place, but if it was me and I wanted to go on a night out, it would be Edinburgh. Yeah, 
and I think as well, kind of, um, I'm definitely for Edinburgh for this vote, but I think as well, you you touched on the French, and obviously that's such a big part of Edinburgh. Um, a lot of the smaller pubs that are, you know, just around the corner normally do um, donation events. So they're technically free. Um, so we, we've been in situations during French time where we've been in bars and then we'll just see a load of people just go into like a basement or a, what we think is a cupboard. And it turns out to be this little back room, um, which is probably a staff room most of the time. Um, and yeah, it's a, it's a free in inverted commas event where you donate whatever you want. Um, and I think that that's that's really a cool quirk about about Edinburgh. Well, the other thing I would say to support Dublin because you've just you basically said to me that I've pretty much won this one. Yeah, yeah. I would say the Jameson Distillery as a bar itself. It obviously has its tour. It has um, which uh, is absolutely spectacular. Mm. Um, but it also has a bar where you can order food, you can do uh, more tastings, you can get beer, and you can just hang out. Um, mm. it, it is actually a, a, a hot spot, um, you know, on Saturday nights. We went there on a Saturday night, and it was just, mm. besides the tours, which obviously are, you know, cu- coming and going and things like that, if you want to just hang out and, you know, listen to some music um, or watch the football or whatever, it is genuinely just a bar as well. So yeah, I, I would say... With that, Dublin's, if, if you can find the bars that aren't Temple Bar, it would be great, but everything pushes you towards Temple Bar. Yeah. But as I said to you before, in my opinion, Edinburgh wins hands down for the variety. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we are currently sitting on a draw, 4-4. Four, four. And we have one more category. Right. And we've spoken and we've touched on this. So this will be a fight to the death. Okay. And the category is free stuff. Oh, yes. <laughs> How much free stuff did I mention before? Uh, um, uh, yeah, I've won. Yeah. Do you want to give this to me now or? Oh, come on. <laughs> there is so much free stuff you can do in Dublin. All right. Humor me. Okay. There is another place in Dublin that I really like, which I won't rant on about for 25 minutes, is St. Stephen's Green. Um, St. Stephen's Green is a really beautiful park right in the centre of town. Um, It's got lots of history. It's got all the beautiful statues of key people in Irish history. Obviously, Dublin's home to the most amount of Nobel laureates, so they have, you know, James Joyce statues and things like that. Um, and that's really beautiful. And you could spend ages there. Also as well, Dublin, um, big relationship with obviously the Catholic Church of Days of Yore. So you've got lots of beautiful churches you can go into and sample architecture. Um, obviously, I've mentioned some of the museums that are free. You can walk along the banks of the River Liffey, the Haypenny Bridge, you could easily, going back to the rolling donut for a donut and a coffee for five euro, you could get that, one of those at the beginning of that's, the day. That's not free. Hold on. Hold on. But you can get that for five euro and spend the rest of the day not spending any money. You can do all sorts of things from beautiful scenery to museums um, to, to all sorts. So 
I would say you could do that quite contently in, in Dublin with right, a coffee well, and a donut to I'm, warm I'm, yourself up. Right. I'm 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 gonna hire Johnny Depp's lawyer and get the, the this whole five pounds coffee and donut thing stricken from the record because that's not true. <laughs> right? Well you could get bottled tap water. You can get you can get tap water for free. I don't know, yeah. maybe it's just my romanticized, you know, version, yeah, you, you know, like you I'm in a movie. Yeah. You could get you can get tap water for free. Yeah, you didn't mention that though, did you? You can you can go around the the markets and get picky bit samples for free and stock up on them while you go around snacking and enjoying right. your bits. Right. So yeah, basically still not free. Anyway, <laughs> on on to Edinburgh. So besides all the plethora of museums that I mentioned before, um, you've also got the Scottish Parliament, which I know I have technically mentioned before, but you can go to and go see that. You've also got um, the graveyard where J.K. Rowling actually picked the names of some of the Harry Potter characters like Tom Riddle. Um, and you can obviously just venture around there and sort of see where she got the inspiration for that from. The absolute icing on the cake, though, if you want something that's absolutely 100% free and not going to lie, a photographer's delight, Arthur's Seat. Um, it's a huge hill um, at slightly out, or just outside, of, or well, how, how far would you say? Probably about 10 minutes from the Royal Mile um, yeah. by car. And it's no, walk it. Walk it, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, and you can um, get to the base in 10 minutes from. Yeah, yeah, you probably probably could. And essentially, once you're at the top of this hill, it gives you the most spectacular view of Edinburgh you will ever see. It it just looks like it goes on for miles, and it is one of the best things to do in in Edinburgh, um, hands down. It is a little bit packed. Uh, Again, it's just a hill, so, of course, it's free and people will just go do it. But highly would would highly recommend... um, as well as all the other free things I mentioned before. Um, uh, I mean, come on. <sighs> come on. <laughs> I really want to split hairs. I want to pause the podcast, re-listen to it, and write down a full list of everything that we've said free to toss it <laughs> up to see who's got more. But I do think that you've got more. I think you've got more variety, I do have to say. I think you Oh, you, I'm so disappointed. Look, your 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 love for Dublin and Irish culture has come across. 100% we know you love Ireland, okay? <laughs> uh, there's not a there's not a person listening to this that is even questioning that in the slightest. I I just think I've gone, you know what? You can go here, you can go here, you can go here. And I've just as you pointed out, I've just given a little bit of variety here. So yeah. Are, are, are we declaring me the champion of the Christmas podcast? Yes, you are the champion of yes. the Christmas podcast. Oh, I should have said Vienna. I would have wiped the floor with you. You would have destroyed me, and I probably wouldn't have prepared as much if I knew it was Vienna, because I probably would have just said, look, I'm going to lose anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so there we go, uh, audience, if you're still awake. Um, <laughs> it was close. It was really close. It was 5-4. Yeah, yeah. And I, 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 look, 
both of the, I think to, to sum this up, both of these cities, you clearly can tell we have a love for, for both. And yeah. we, you know, look, we, we frequent Edinburgh all the time. Um, and obviously we've been to Dublin, what, twice now? Yeah, um, but it is very much our go-to that, you know, if we, if we want to get away, um, Dublin is normally the first place we will look. Um, for the pandemic, for example, when everything was starting to open up again for the pandemic, Dublin was the place we, we went to um, because we thought it was obviously it's geographically closer. If anything went wrong, we could potentially get home a lot easier through land and sea um, rather than worrying about flights um, or worst case scenario, hire a car um, and drive home. So, yeah, it's it will always have a soft spot for me. I've yeah, <laughs> I can't believe he won. Look, you 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 can't. You could probably feel it through the through the speaker, <laughs> but I'm smiling from ear to ear. Yes, you can feel wonder... the smugness coming through. <laughs> I wonder, listeners, have you been to both? And if you have, let us know in the comments or send us a DM on Instagram, um, which is your favorite city between Edinburgh and Dublin and why. Um, but yeah, I think we might let the viewers decide, uh, the listeners decide who the real right. winner is. All right. Because All right. <laughs> I am not convinced that Dublin is going to lose. I am so in denial. Okay. All right. No, no. Okay. So, listeners, it is up to you. We will put a poll out when this episode goes live and you guys will decide the overall winner. However, the moral victory definitely goes to me, um, 100%. And on that um, absolutely atrocious note, uh, that is the end of the, the this episode of the podcast. Um, we now are on Google Podcasts. We are on yep. Apple Podcasts. We are on yep. Spotify. And you can also listen to us on the Anchor app as well. Um, follow us on our social media, please. Uh, we would absolutely love it. We, we are really enjoying the engagement we're having on there. And AJ, any last remarks, thoughts, anything else? Well, that's us done for 2022. So as I said, um, episode three as part of our series will be Berlin and that will be the first episode for 2023. Um, Al, I hope you uh, join me in wishing our listeners a wonderful Christmas. Um, I hope you eat way too much and spend lots of quality time with your loved ones. And once again, thank you very much for listening to a very long episode um, and our Christmas special uh, for Passport, <laughs> Phone and Wallet. <laughs> and as always, we will continue to be the voices in your head. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.